Hello all you travel bugs out there and welcome to this new episode of Check-in Story podcast and this is your travel buddy Shruti. Your life doesn't have to revolve around the daily 9 to 5 grind if you don't want it to. This is what our today's guest Trent Fleskins truly believes in. This young traveler has left his 9 to 5 corporate world to follow his passion, travel. He documents all his travel stories in his blog wonderseekfind.com. Wow, I don't think there could be a more apt name to that. So, without much ado, let's know his journey. Hey, Trent. Good day, Shruti. How are you going? Hi, it's going good. How is it going there? Yeah, it's a beautiful day in uh, Belgrade, Serbia. I'm uh, looking out the window, taking some sun, and that's cool. So, do you like places like sunny places, sunny weather? Well, yeah, I guess that's uh, one of the main um, parameters of my travel plans. I always make sure that my schedule uh, keeps me in um, warm places uh, for two reasons. One, it sort of halves my, my baggage uh, weight, not having to carry jackets around. And, and secondly, I've always found coming from Perth, Australia, that whenever it's sunny, you always want to be outside and uh, you have no excuse to go explore, to uh, go exploring. Well, that's fantastic. So you are a sunny guy loving a sunny weather. That's nice. Yeah. So what, uh, like talking about the job and the travel thing, what gave you the courage and, you know, inspired you to leave your corporate job and get into the travel world? Well, I, uh, I spent eight years working in consulting and strategy in uh, different industries from uh, the mining industry and the oil and gas industry and um, I realized I guess I, I it took me until getting to a point in my career where I felt like it couldn't really get any better than this um, to realize that uh, there was no more excuses in terms of if I wasn't really um, appreciating the day-to-day routine of my of my life and, and the rewards of that if, if there was if it, there was no real um, passion for it, then then it, there really is there is no excuse left. There's there's no job that could get you know a job change that could make it better. There's no income that could be better that could really make it more worthwhile. So it wasn't. I guess it wasn't really a case of inspiration or or courage. I got to a point where there was no other option. It was either that, it was either make a change, make it make make a change in my life to to really giving myself a chance to not trade nine hours a day for, you know, money um, and actually find, give myself the time to find a way to to appreciate and enjoy, you know, the best best hours of your day and the best years of your life. Well, but I must say that's quite gutsy because it takes a lot of guts to leave your corporate job, which is actually paying you well every month and then going off traveling to places. Uh, I think... There is a lot of guts, and a lot of people around me have said, "Look, that was you know, I wouldn't be able to do that or whatever." And I think that you got to have to give yourself a bit more credit to realize if if you were, you know, if worst comes to worst and everything falls apart when you make a change, um, you know, if you were talented enough or whatnot to to get the job you were in beforehand, there's no reason why you couldn't come back six months later after having a great story to tell your next interviewee, uh, interviewer, sorry. Um, that uh, you know that that you wouldn't be able to get back into the same sort of role anyway. You know, and it would it would be it would just add to your life story and your adventure and make you a more well-rounded person. You know, at, at the worst case scenario, if you had to or just decided to come back to the, the world you previously uh, lived in. 
So there was really nothing for me to lose uh, other than a, <laughs> yeah. a salary for a few months. You know, given the fact that I, in a lot of my, my articles I've, I've spoken about the need to and, and the way to really plan financially for a change like this. Uh, so other, other, you know, other than the, the lack of income for a few months, there's really nothing to lose. So there's all, it's only opportunity. And, and although it may not be a, certain, a certainty as to where you're going to end up or how successful you'll be in that change, um, it's it's definitely a much more much, a lot more upside than you know never having the guts to have a crack a real crack at life. Well, that's true. That's so true. Uh, so Trent, uh, do you think it's always necessary to leave the corporate life to live the travel life to the fullest? I mean, what if there are people who like their corporate job as well, but they also want to travel? So, what would you like to tell such people? I think that these people are the luckiest people in the world. You know, you were talking about lawyers and, and dentists and these people that get up every day and, and love what they do. They're, they're passionate about, you know, defending clients or prosecuting clients or, you know, cleaning people's teeth. Like these people get up every day in their hometown with their family and friends around them with a great income uh, without any real you know, necessity to take massive risks and, um, you know, that's a very comfortable and, and and lucky life. They get to see their friends every every week and, have, you know, have a good routine. And the point is not, also, not all of us are that lucky. Some of us are pushed through school and university into very standardized corporate careers that don't really align to their passions but simply align to their, their aptitude. Um, and I think most of us, um, who obviously don't follow our passions will figure that out within the first five, ten years of our career and, um, and, and start getting the itch to do something about that before we're 30. Um, the difference is by that time most people are either in a long-term relationship or get themselves into too much uh, debt or uh, are simply... Um, allured by the opportunity of a promotion or more money or simply don't have the the guts to sacrifice that 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 comfortable lifestyle that they've become accustomed to simply to chase a lifestyle that actually aligns with their passions and rewards them in ways that aren't you know materialistic or um, comfort based so to those people who love what they do and, and simply want to travel um, as a means of you know, making the most of you know this amazing globe we have, you guys are the luckiest of all of us. And all I would say is make sure you use that annual leave and and um, check out all of those travel blogs from all the people around the world who have taken taken the the big big step and, and have a massive passion for travel because those are the real insider stories that will tell you and uh, give you the best insight as to where you would like to travel as well. Well, that is well said and beautifully put well i do agree that people who like their job are very lucky so uh, moving on uh, you have been to buenos aires um trent tell us three reasons why everyone should include it in their bucket list buenos aires is the best european city not in europe that i have ever been to if if i can if i can put it that way it it was it was founded by the spanish um, and uh, in, in their conquests of South America and, and really is a model city for, I think, how they wanted to... Yeah, it, it rivals Madrid and, and, and many beautiful European cities. It's definitely the cleanest, 
the most uh, advanced city in South America, um, and with with such beautiful such beautiful architecture and uh, town planning and, and and culture, it's um, I, th- I think for someone who might be a little a little worried about their first time to South America and and, and the culture shock might be too much in La Paz or in in Lima um, or you know Colombia for example um, and they're a little scared to maybe go to Brazil. Um, yeah, Buenos Aires is is a multicultural city that that really stands up as um, you know a, a good place to dip your toes in the water the first time in South America. Well, that's amazing. So, Jen, tell us, what would be a good time to visit this place? Um, I think you want to be there. You want to be there when the football season is on, <laughs> because <laughs> okay. that is a big a big part of uh, um, of their culture. Watching a game between River Plate and Boca Juniors is is like seeing seeing a gladiator battle. Um, you can actually feel the stadium moving. Shaking when the fans start singing and dancing. Uh, I was there in uh, early March, and I think that's the best time of year to be there. To be honest, it's uh, the, the football season is on. The weather is spectacular, and uh, it's also a good time for you to be able to fly out to Patagonia as well from from Buenos Aires Airport. And uh, it's something I would recommend as a as a must do in your life is to go hiking the Torres del Paine National Park. Um, so from Buenos Aires, that's the best place to get there. And I think when you combine those two, you've really got yourself, a, especially for the corporate traveler who wants to uh, live a bit of luxury but also have a bit of an adventure, combining Buenos Aires and, and, the, and the Patagonian region would be a great, great way to spend a two, two-and-a-half-week holiday. Well, that's amazing. So all the football fans out there, you know where to go now. So moving on, uh, Trent, tell us which one was one of your most impromptu trip ever. Was there any memorable one that you would like to tell our listeners? I guess uh, one of the most rewarding trips I've taken that we had quite a short time span of preparation was a trip I took to Myanmar. Um in my opinion, it's the most beautiful country in Asia. Uh, it's the most underrated and, and has one of the most amazing histories that uh, because of its recent turmoil and, and lack of funds these days, um, gets uh, forgotten quite easily. Um, four years ago, they didn't even have an ATM in the city. Um, and uh, now it's a very much uh, rivaling Cambodia um, in its uh, offerings of temples and and those sorts of uh, tourist attractions, and with such a beautiful history and and, and amazing um, natural wildlife, um, yeah, going, getting uh, getting on uh, on a, on a flight to Myanmar with uh, Air Asia was something that happened within a few days, and and luckily with their new e visa, I was able to uh, um, get over there pretty quickly because it was something I didn't realise I had to uh, organise, and I was extremely extremely worried uh, four days out uh, when I realized I had to get a visa and um, luckily the, it was processed within uh, eight hours um, which for a country of a third world status is extremely extremely impressive yeah a miracle um, actually <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah I highly recommend for anyone out there listening um, book yourself a ticket to Myanmar it'll, it'll surprise you Oh, that's cool then. And so, um, when do you think the listeners should book a ticket? Like, what's a good time to go there? Like, which part, which time of the year? I think, um, 
Again, I think you want to be going in the mild time. You don't want to be going in wet season. You don't want to be going when it's too hot. So I went there in late November, and um, I was wearing shorts and flip-flops every day. Well, that sounds like a fun trip now. Yeah. So did you go alone there, or did you have a company with uh, you? I went, w- I went with a friend, um, and uh, uh, I think that's the best way to do it. You, uh, yeah, and there, there aren't many tourists out there, so going to hostels isn't the easiest um, way to meet people. Uh, yet, but um, yeah, I always recommend. I mean, if if you can travel with a friend, it's always a great option because it's, it's uh, although traveling alone brings a lot of great uh, experiences and makes you put yourself out there. Traveling with a friend, climbing a mountain with a friend, is always always more rewarding. I think because being able to share those moments with someone, uh, I believe, is is part, one of the best parts of life. Well, I do agree. So, if given a choice. Uh, of a solo trip or a trip with your friends, you would choose a trip with your friends. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, if I had a choice to do a few of the things that I've done um, with someone, um, I think I would have I would have jumped at it. Um, but not to say that I don't appreciate the the, the great memories I have and, and the challenges that I've overcome by doing it myself as well. Okay, cool. So uh, we were talking about going solo for a trip or going with a company and all so i mean that brings me to ask you a question about dating while traveling so what's your take on dating while traveling it's something that i haven't shied away from to be honest if you have the opportunity and you're lucky enough to meet that that someone that just you know sends you crazy um I i would always say that you should always always explore that and and see where it takes you because just like the idea of quitting your job and and traveling the world there's always that that upside that opportunity um saying no to things you'll you'll never have that opportunity so i've had a couple of these opportunities in my life and and although over the long term they haven't worked out perfectly uh i wouldn't i wouldn't take them back and say i wouldn't take them back for anything and uh it really it really is a a rewarding experience it makes you really appreciate where you come from and and i think part of the allure is that you're 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 with someone that can teach you so much about a different culture and different experience and um you're always learning you're always you're always out there testing yourself and 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 really sharing your life and 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 learning someone else's totally different life that's true i do agree i mean being in a relationship with somebody from a whole different culture definitely broadens your horizon and there are Mm. definitely more new chapters i'm talking as if i've dated somebody from a new culture but i haven't (laughs) yet but then yeah i know i have friends who have so yeah that's fun yeah so cool um so um you were talking about finances like since you've left your corporate job and you're into travel i'm sure you must have saved some amount and then got fully into travel so like talking about money how do you manage the whole thing yeah and this is something that i really focus on in in uh in wonder sake find it's i think it's an exceptionally important part of of making that transition i guess i guess when you when people look at people who make this transition they think it was a decision that was made overnight and it's just a you know happy-go-lucky um yolo sort of moment where um you know ah you know i'm not feeling anymore i'm just going to book a ticket tomorrow and and head to head to barcelona or something like that and and it's just not how it works i mean and if it and people do do that i think generally you'll find yourself running out of money or 
or running out of a, a, a sustainable plan within a few weeks. For me, it, it took it took me a year and a half to get from the point where I started really researching different career opportunities to making the call to get out. Uh, and I think what it did was it gave me the time to really understand what I wanted in my life. Um, gave me the chance to rationalize these quite what seemingly irrational feelings I had when you think that 95% of the population would never make a choice like that mm-hmm. or even advocate it and gave me a, the time to go to get the balls to make that call. But within that time, you know, I, I really started to set myself up financially saving and, and also just forward planning and forecasting my finances for the next couple of years. And what it did was it gave me the Although money isn't everything, money is the thing that fuels your ability to do things like travel, gives you options. If you don't have money, you have no options. Uh, The more money you have, the more options you have. So um, as much as my my job wasn't rewarding in terms of fulfilling me, it 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 luckily gave me the opportunity to to set myself up and, and really plan. Um, for the next couple of years so since I was 19 I've 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 actually tracked nearly every cent I've ever I've ever spent or made in my life I have this huge excel spreadsheet that that can tell me within you know a glance of how much money I made per financial year how much money I spent on a particular item in the last few years how much I spent on travel um and and what it does is uh, although it might seem a little OCD, it gives me confidence because it show it, it, it's 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 proof of my, my behaviors and also allows me therefore to forecast how much money I will be making or spending in the next period um, and whether I have saved enough to be able to make that possible. So along with this um, budgeting template, which is also available on on Wonderseek Find. Um, I've I fork I scheduled and planned um, quite you know loosely but also quite deliberately uh, two two years of travel um, and although that 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 plan has been mixed around and moved uh, what it did was it made me say yep this is this is the figure I need to be able to do everything I currently plan to do and yes with the money I've tracked and and saved in my budgeting template yes this is possible so without that you're running blind um and you either two things happen you either you either say look i don't have the money now and therefore i can't do it so i'll just stay in my job or you go ah fuck it yolo i'll just go and you run with run without a plan and you freak out within a few weeks and come home anyway so financially i think planning gives you that confidence and 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 the foundation to be able to keep traveling and that ex- definitely does that for me. Wow, now that was impressive. You actually maintain Excel sheet, spreadsheet. That's cool, man. That's really Yeah, cool. I can tell you exactly what I've spent <laughs> in every single country I've been, every of the 23 countries I've been to this year, to the oh, dollar. Amazing. Fantastic. Um, so all you listeners out there, if, if you want to get all your expenditure or whatever you're spending and where the money is coming from or where the money is going, learn from Trend. I, even I might start doing that, actually. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can just maintain a spreadsheet and you will, at a glance, you will get what is going on. So, yeah. So moving on, uh, as we're talking about money. Um, so how long did it take for you to start earning from your blog and how did you do the entire process like if you could give uh, some blogging tips to the new bloggers out there 
it would be awesome. Um, it took me about six months to start earning anything from the blog. Um, um, essentially, we're talking about traffic here and and just value of your brand. Within a couple of months, I was striking partnerships with hotels and adventure adventure companies and and receiving, I guess, uh, in kind compensation for for writing about them and, and giving coverage to and reviews to hotels and adventure companies. So, for example, a, a 450 US dollar balloon ride through Myanmar for myself and my friend was covered um, in exchange for a video that I um, provided uh, on the experience and a number of five-star hotels along my journey have, uh, have been all covered. So that's, um, that's something that's, I think, uh, quite a standard thing in the travel blogging world. Um, and then simply based on traffic, um, you, you start to be able to make some money through advertising and, um, and uh, different sp- sponsored posts. It's not going to happen if you just sit there and, and work in a, in a vacuum. Uh, you really need to get out there and, and um, especially in, in SEO these days, uh, which is, I guess, the, the algorithm that gets you to the top of Google, you need to, you need to be having other formidable websites um, referencing your website as much as possible. Um, so, I mean, imagine the, what's the last time you looked at Google and clicked on something on the second page? It doesn't happen. That's so unless, you're, unless your articles are getting on the first page and, and it's more specifically the first half of the first page, you may as well not be writing them. So um, for everything that you write, you, you need to be spending just as much time reaching out to people you know um, would find value in those articles and, and hopefully getting them to, to link back to your, to your stuff um, in order to tell Google that, look, this is worth putting on the first page. So... Um, if you can achieve that, then you'll achieve uh, traffic, and if you can achieve traffic, then your website starts to become valuable. It's as simple as that. Well, that's fantastic. You made it all sound very easy, though, but yeah, well, that's fantastic. <laughs> and I'm sure like content is very important, so the better the content, the better your ranking there. The content's important. Um, it's, you know, it's what gets people... Um, you know, sharing your stuff, um, but just as important as your ability to make relationships with people in the industry and people relevant to the article you've written. If you can't do that, then you could have an absolute piece of gold that you know ten people a day read, and and I've fallen fallen victim to that trap as well in in my early days. Absolutely, absolutely, I couldn't agree more. So talking about travel blogging brings me to talk about a recent event that happened in Sweden where our team got the opportunity and had the privilege to meet you, the TBEX. So how was your experience at TBEX? Uh, yeah, it was my first TBEX. Oh, um, okay. Um, I, I, I think f- for the money, um, it was a great experience. Um, it's, you know, it gives you a chance to, to, to meet a lot of uh, people in your industry, a lot of travel bloggers as well. Most of them I've found were uh, quite new to uh, travel blogging. You know, everyone just trying to everyone just trying trying to meet people. The information presented in the uh, breakout um, sessions were were generally valuable. Some more more so than others, but most uh, most valuable was the ability to meet um, sponsoring companies such as such as yourself um, and, and and other. Uh, tourism boards and, and destination representatives who you can create a relationship with and, and move on from there. Um, for example, I'll be 
heading to Jordan on an all-expenses-paid trip for 10 days at the end of November. And that's something that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have met the representatives at TBEX. So, yeah, totally worthwhile, especially if it's your uh, first or second year in the, in the travel blogging space. Well, that was fantastic, Trent. So uh, this brings us to the last part of our podcast. Uh, Trent, on a parting note, do you have any last message for our listeners out there? Yeah, I think it's something that's um, something that I've definitely solidified over my time since leaving the corporate world a year ago today. It's that you spend the time to be really honest with uh, what what gets you up every morning. Yeah, I think I think something that I've definitely learnt over the last year, uh, something that's solidified in my mind is is the necessity to be really honest with yourself about what gets you up every morning and, and what puts a smile on your face without you even having to try. For me, I realised that I was getting to a point where in my career I was loathing the alarm in the morning and, and spending more time frustrated about getting to work at the, exactly the perfect minute without wasting any more time at work than actually doing my best in my job anymore. It was it was more about finding every single second of holiday as I could than doing the best in my career. And I think that really showed where my mind and my heart were going. And, and even though uh, society sort of you know, leads you towards a very conventional path or discourages you from breaking the mould and taking risks in your life. Your 20s and your early 30s is the best time to do it because once you start a serious relationship or you get too high up the ladder, it just becomes too hard to make a change and there's too much to, to risk. So don't never think you're too old to make a change um, and never appreciate or value what you do know of over the opportunity of what you don't know. So, for example, I've... I uh, just signed up for a five-month course in South Africa as a safari guide in January. Uh, it's something I've always had a passion to figure out and, and try. And although I don't know where it would lead in lead me in my career, it's it's something I need to do. Otherwise, I'll always be wondering whether I whether I uh, could have could have could have been something else. So, uh, from the corporate world to the bush of Africa, it's um, I wouldn't have gotten there without making that call in the first place. And and uh, although there are a lot of unknowns uh, to my future, one thing I do know is that I'll be waking up every day excited to do what I'm, what I'm going to be doing. And once you get to the uh, pinnacle of, of your, your career at some stage and you realize it's not all cracked up to what you thought it was going to be, um, you start to value those things more than the money and the status. So that is my, my message to everyone out there. Um, Align your job, your career with something you love doing and don't just follow the money or or the uh, ability to wear a suit and tie every day because people go after that. Do what you love because eventually doing what you love will lead you to, lead you to be a, a success in any way. Wow, that was such amazing report. So all you listeners out there, you got your message, do what you love and just go with it. Thank you, Trent. Thank you so much. It was so much fun talking to you and listening to all your stories and experiences. No worries. Uh, I appreciate your time and uh, and uh, look forward to hearing it uh, hearing it online uh, very soon. This one was so much fun. Let us know what you think about this podcast in the comment section below or you can even chat with us on Facebook through our check-in story bot. 
so all you guys out there stuck in the corporate jail set out and just go and explore the world it has much more to offer you than your mundane routine and your computer screens well that's where we end the show this is shruti signing off i'll be back again with another exciting episode and for more travel inspiration subscribe to our channel on soundcloud and as i always say keep traveling